0: Here we go. Welcome to the Nine Route Fantasy Football Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back into the Nine Route Fantasy Football Podcast. Pat and Scott back in here to Finish out our preseason rankings, uh, disparities. I think there were some things that we were, you know, alike on in our opinions and, and ADPs and all that agreed, but we'd like to talk about the reasons that we feel a certain pro, con, uh, for, against kind of way with all our positions. We did quarterbacks, tight ends, we, uh, we did a few of the running backs, and now we're going to talk about the wide receiver position, which has become the 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 Cadillac of the NFL and and definitely now you're looking at a lot of teams that do that passing offense and they just seem to really push the ball down the field. It's that modern game and and it's starting to leave some other positions behind and, and transfer them into almost wide receiver positions as well. So very important that we touch on these and talk about what we liked and didn't like. Pat feels good to be back. Uh, I did, uh, unfortunately, due to technical difficulties, was on vacation with spotty Wi-Fi and no hardwired internet, and the rest is history. Uh, glad I didn't get Wally pipped by uh, by our friend DJ, but he did a <laughs> phenomenal job in my absence, and it was a uh, it was great to hear somebody else, for once, talk about stuff and and really hear you and he go back and forth about the drafting of of different players and the rationale. I, I think it was. Uh, very refreshing and and just
1: hope it doesn't happen again (laughs) well then don't ever go on vacation again i don't know what to tell you (laughs) no i'm just kidding no i i uh you know we we like i said we do this as a just a fun side thing something that we that we enjoy getting together talking about football so uh, if one of us can't be around, I I was going to try to do the show by myself, like the one you did uh, last year when I was on vacation around yeah, Christmas time. Yep, some of us can handle it, some of us can't. <laughs> Mock drafts are a little bit difficult to yes, do with uh, with just one person. It gets a little boring hearing one person talk about the same player over and over again. And so I, I wanted to you know get one of our our longtime league mates on, and you know a lot of the guys in our league that that do listen to the podcast have given us suggestions and. And uh, you know, suggested that we bring them on to talk about things. And I know that DJ uh, is a, a real big football fan. I'm a real big college guy, so I knew that there'd be some insightful rookie talk going on with him as well. So it was it was a good time and and he did a great job. And and I'll thank him again for for coming on when we see him this Sunday at our draft.
0: Yeah, man, he yep, he knows college. He he definitely likes him
1: young, that's for sure. <laughs> oh man. Oh, uh, so like you said, today, we're going to hop into our wide receiver talks. Like you said, we, we do have some pretty big discrepancies between the two of us. And, and like, you know, we, we saw with the running backs, you know, you being a little bit higher or lower and, and sort of averaging out with where I'm at. A lot of our guys do sort of line up pretty close with the ADP with where they're going in drafts. You may like some guys a little bit more. And I think that's exactly what, you know, the ADP kind of improves to you is that, you know, one of these guys that's that's drafted may take a, a certain player higher or lower, and then somebody else drafting in, in a different league may, you know, may grab a different guy and that's, you know, all these averages sort of work out to where, you know, where, where guys are going. And, and like I said, we kind of have them in a fairly similar order, but you know, maybe a little bit higher or lower on some guys that we're going to talk about today, before we jump into that, just want to mention real quick, our Jersey giveaway once again. We are giving away that signed Darius Slay jersey. All you have to do to enter that contest is follow the show, write us a review, send us a screenshot of both the follow and the review with your full name and address to our email address, which is the 9 ffb at gmail.com. And that will enter you for that Darius Slay jersey giveaway, which we will be picking here shortly within about a week or so. So get yourself uh, entered into that contest and, and win yourself a nice autographed jersey. Yeah, uh, definitely a, a beautiful jersey with the autograph. You know, you get
0: that maybe thrown in a frame or or straight up hanging in your man cave, your she shed. Share your support for Darius Slay for the Eagles, just for football in, in general. It's a nice, uh, nice piece to have in the collection, uh, and you get to tell everybody that you you want it on a on a just by listening to a podcast. So, wouldn't hurt to you know like and subscribe. And again go through our, uh, you know, likes and take the pictures and just let us know you guys care uh, enough to do that. And, again, we'll hook you up with a jersey.
1: All right. So uh, you ready to (coughs) jump into these wide receivers? Wide receivers. I'm going to go ahead and read our consensus rankings real quick. Uh, Numbers 1 through 30. We'll hit uh, some of the later wide receivers later on in the the next episode. So who we have is... Justin Jefferson, number one. Cooper Cup, number two. Stephon Diggs ranked at three. Jamar Chase at four. Devontae Adams, five. Mike Evans at six. CD Lamb at seven. Tyreek Hill at eight. Debo Samuel, nine. T Higgins at ten. Michael Pittman Jr. at eleven. AJ Brown rounding out the top twelve. Wide receiver 13 is Keenan Allen. Then Mike Williams, Deontay Johnson, Allen Robinson. Jerry Judy, Marquise Brown, Jalen Waddle, Cortland Sutton, Terry McLaurin, DK Metcalf, DJ Moore, and Darnell Mooney to round out the top 24, and then some other guys that we're going to talk about. We're going to hit uh, we're going to hit through 30 today. So our 25 through 30 are Brandon Cooks, Amari Cooper, Michael Thomas, Juju Smith-Schuster, Amon Ross, St. Brown, and Rashad Bateman. We're going to kind of roll these in order of ADP to kind of keep a, a clean order for them. So uh, the first one we're going to hit is Terry McLaurin from the Washington Commanders. He is currently going as the wide receiver 14. You have him ranked at 17, which is fairly close to ADP. I have him at wide receiver 25. Uh, the reason I am so low on McLaurin personally is McLaurin's always been a talented guy but he's honestly been somewhat of somewhat of a disappointment the last two years after finishing as the wide receiver 28 in his rookie year. And I get that you can easily make the case that his lack of performance is directly tied to poor quarterback play. He's had guys like case Keenum, Dwayne Haskins and Taylor Heineke throwing him the ball over the last two years, but let's not pretend that Carson Wentz is some huge upgrade in this offense. In his six year career, Carson Wentz has never supported a top 15 wide receiver. His best pass catcher finish was Zach Ertz when he was the tight end two in 2019, excuse me, 2018. But Ertz's numbers as an overall pass catcher, like if you combined him with the other wide receivers, um, he would have ranked outside the top 10 at wide receiver that year. Last season, McLaurin was the 18th highest graded wide receiver according to PFF and only managed 130 targets being the top option on his team. Now I know the uh, Washington football team last year, uh, did not throw the ball a ton, but when you have a guy like Terry McLaurin to only get him 130 targets in a season, with as talented as he is, that to me seems like uh, you know maybe that maybe the Commanders weren't as committed to him as maybe the talent suggests or you know previous produ- production suggests. But uh, either way, to be only uh, to only have 130 targets as the team's top option is, is was fairly low. Add in rookie Jahan Dotson, a healthy Curtis Samuel, J.D. McKissick, and it's really hard for me to see McLaurin's target share go up. Once Carson Wentz sort of finds his, his favorite guy to go to, he goes to him a lot, and, and that seems to be not Terry McLaurin so far in the preseason, so that also has me a little bit worried. But I think at wide receiver 14, that's just too high for somebody who's, like I said, never finished. Inside of the, I think wide receiver 21 was his highest finish of his career. To pick him at wide receiver 14 when he's never finished that high and doesn't really have a, uh, uh, like I said, a marketable QB upgrade, that just seems like you're taking him at his tip top ceiling. Like he's not going to finish any higher than wide receiver 14. So, you know, why would we draft him there when there's no room for him to finish higher than where we picked him?
0: As as far as me, I'm not trying to so much root for the other team, but to see what he has been able to do over the past, you know, past couple seasons, where third year in the league, uh, a back to back hundred, or I'm sorry, back to back thousand yards receiving seasons, and again, that it is tied into the quarterback play a little bit, and I think to say that compared to Case Keenum, it's not the Case Keenum that that helped to roll the Vikings into NFC Championship status. It's not. Taylor Heineke that you know, looked pretty impressive in a tough playoff loss. When these guys were given a larger sample size, they sucked. I mean, Carson Wentz, do I have a soft spot for him? Absolutely, I do. Um, and, and I do wish him well this time around, and maybe he'll get it right. But Last year, he was a, a pretty reasonable quarterback. I think were, the expectations were that he was going to come in and be 2017 mvp status carson wentz and right now he's not that guy if he ever gets it back probably not no some of that's his fault and some of that is the expectations and what's around him now you mentioned about how he never supported a thousand yard receiver and i do feel that yes that is some of his doing and it's also the way that the offenses ran for philadelphia and even last year with indianapolis where uh, you know, they kind of took the ball out of his hands almost halfway through the season, and he hadn't been doing anything wrong. Uh, I know the ownership soured on him real quick, uh, and then you get into the final game of the season for Indy, and Carson Wentz actually gets two involved, and they they go away from the running game. So again, it looked like he lost that that chance to get them into the playoffs and and all that. For Terry McLaurin, I think the biggest thing is when you look over the last couple of years, he's had uh, 134 and 130 targets back-to-back years. So he's definitely the focal point of the offense. You know for a fact, too, with the contract they just gave him uh, to make sure that he's their guy. I think that's a big part of it. I'm not scared of the other wide receiver. I think Dotson and he will play complementary, in a sense, to each other and help to stretch the field for each other. Um, maybe Dotson is a little bit more of the playmaker, but is he going to have a little trouble here and there getting adjusted to a full NFL slate? Yeah, probably. Uh, the tight end situation there is murky. you have got a John Bates. You got Logan Thomas coming back off a tough injury from last year. We know considering what's just gone on in the running back room with, uh, all the drama around Antonio Gibson and obviously all the drama and get well soon, Brian Robinson, that, that may change some parts of the dynamic with the playbook for a few minutes. So, again, we're we're not 100% sure. Maybe Gibson gets a chance to go back to his role and stay healthy. McKissick's still there. Uh, we just saw Jared Patterson get cut, part of cut downs that are happening, and kind of as we speak. So th- there could be some uh, some major news, especially on the wide receiver front. But I, I do feel like Terry McLaurin has the potential to show that he's a true wide receiver one. I think with a little more confidence at the quarterback position, that will help. Uh, whether or not Ryan Rivera and that offense decide to go that route, we shall see. Uh, they're, you know, they're definitely looking up as far as things go. They're, they're. they're I, I just can't see him being too far removed from being a top fifteen, top twenty wide receiver. And and again, I think the quarterback was an upgrade this year uh, compared to what he's had for the last couple of years.
1: Yeah. So you said that you think you he would finish somewhere between wide receiver fifteen and twenty. I'm looking at the list of our our rankings here and the, and the, you know, the ADP and there's a bunch of guys here that I think if 1520 is, is a reasonable expectation, you know, don't you think that guys who are being drafted behind him, like Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton, like Michael Pittman, like, you know, Mike Williams or, you know, whoever the guys are, even that, that, you know, you may have higher Allen Robinson, if you're going to pick a wide receiver in the spot where you're taking Terry McLaurin, wouldn't you pick one of these guys who has the potential to finish as the top five wide receiver rather than, you know, where McLaurin, where's McLaurin's potential. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm, that's what, that's why I don't like him. I don't want a guy who I think, or, you know, on a good year is going to be able to finish at the wide receiver 15 and on a bad year may finish, you know, once he's finished at wide receiver 28, uh, you know, before, like, I don't want a 15 to 28 guy. If I'm taking a wide receiver here, he's going to be my wide receiver too. I want a guy that has the potential to be a top, you know, five, six wide receiver of the season.
0: Okay, but I think some of that, like again, you just said with Michael Pittman, people that are drafting Michael Pittman behind Tyreek McLaurin, um, I would love to be in their league, to be honest, because yeah, like that to me is insanity. You're drafting, you are drafting two Bengals wide receivers probably in the first twelve wide receivers. So that's trying to say that that offense is capable of that. When you look at what like passing offenses do nowadays, like at, at, for teams and for like the amount of, of yardage, you know, Tampa Bay, the Chargers, so on and so forth, like, you know, even Kansas City. If you're throwing for 5,000 yards as a quarterback, your running back's probably not receiving for 1,000 yards. You're, you're putting up a lot of yards. Like these guys are going to get it. I see something along those lines. Like last year, Wentz had close to 3,600 yards. When it came to pass attempts, he was 16th and he was behind, you know, he's behind Joe Burrow. Okay. And and obviously he had a way more dynamic offense. He threw for almost 1,100 yards more than he did. Some of these guys to me are out there that are going to get scooped up. Now we're going to talk a point because we're almost flip-flopped on the next guy with Jalen Waddell, who last year I actually had him on my team. He kind of helped carry me through some of those weeks where, you know, again, he just turned into like Joe PPR and it was like, oh my god, he's getting like ten catches a game for sixty yards, maybe a touchdown, which was which was great. It was awesome. And you look at what that team did; they upgraded heavily at wide receiver, amongst other skill positions, and tried to make that offense more dynamic. Different coaching staff. I think with McLaren, it's more of where he's falling is the expectation of the coaching staff, the play calling, the scheme is possibly similar. I think people feel that the. A lot of people do like Carson Wentz, and I think they feel that they've upgraded heavily at the quarterback position. They feel that he was in a not on a bad team, but he was given basically like one season to audition. And again, I think the management soured on him and things like that. Do I think Terry McLaurin should be drafted ahead of Ceedee Lamb? No, no, not at all. Now you mentioned a couple guys in Cortland Sutton and and Jerry Judy. I don't know what to expect out of that offense, and I know it sounds stupid and it's like, well, uh, obviously they have those guys and now they have Russell Wilson and they have, you know, there's going to be a lot of adjusting for that team. Again, you have some new faces in new places. Does Sutton stay healthy? Does Judy stay healthy? Like things like that, where some of these guys have taken their knocks preseason, last season. Am I drafting them ahead of Chris Godwin? Kind of. And again, with me, that's, that's a, an injury concept where he's still getting over, you know, is he going to be back to full speed? You know, Mike Evans is, is Brady's guy. Your quarterback just took basically almost like what, two weeks off of a summer vacation. Like <laughs> it's, it's hard to tell what's going to happen. you out
1: with him? Is that where you guys were?
0: Yeah. I mean, Tom, you just, you know, you know, throwing him back down the Jersey shore. Don't <laughs> tell anybody, please. <laughs> God, God, you don't want to, I don't want to get the guy in trouble, but, um, No, I mean, all kidding aside, like, uh, to me, he's in that range of, you know, do I draft him ahead of Keenan Allen? No. Do I draft him ahead of Mike Williams? Maybe. Again, I'm not the biggest – I don't hate him, but I'm not the biggest Mike Williams guy. Uh, He's ahead of Amari Cooper. Yeah, he's DJ Moore. I've I've never really been sold on him, and now, you know, they're they're making changes, new quarterback. I think it's the safety concept of kind of knowing what to expect. It's that if – especially if my team – if I went – Not zero running back. If I went heavy, you know, maybe my first two, three picks were running back. McLaurin might still be there, uh, depending on what kind of a league you're in. I think I'd probably try to go for him. If I went zero running back and was banging out wide receivers and tight ends right off the bat, he'd probably be in my first three or four picks. Because I think a lot of people look at that, well, he's a wide receiver one. He's going to get that. You, you got a guy who got 130 and 134 targets again in back-to-back years. And I think that is, you know, you, you're not too worried about him, you know, health-wise or, or anything like that. But yeah, I mean, he was a gets about eight targets a game, which is right up there with some of the heavy hitters. He's now Cooper Cup, but but he's definitely up there with some of your bigger name guys. I think he's a little underrated because of how poorly Washington plays offensively. And I think that's one of the bigger factors. So he's one of those like diamonds in the rough. But I, if you said, uh you know, DJ Moore, Terry McLaurin right off the bat. Now I'm going, I'll go Terry McLaurin hundred percent.
1: Fair enough. So you mentioned uh, in your little spiel there about McLaurin, you mentioned a little bit about Waddle, but he's another guy that we were going to talk about. He's going at right behind McLaurin at the wide receiver 15. I have him at 16, right about where he's going. You're a little bit lower on him at 23. You have anything, anything else that you want to sort of elaborate on when it comes to Waddle, why you have him down a little bit lower or are you good uh, with that? You just want to move on.
0: Uh, I mean, just quickly, obviously, when you bring somebody like Tyreek Hill into <laughs> into the locker room, and again, I think some people look at him as yeah, maybe the avid fan or people don't quite, unfortunately, pay attention. Now, granted, he, was, he did this all with Kansas City, but... You know, out of four out of his six years, the guy put up thousand yard seasons and and touchdowns and big plays and and I mean we we've all had where he's won an entire week and I mean he's had fifty point weeks for you and stuff like that. You're not bringing a guy in like this to just be complimentary to Waddle. Like there's just no way. And until Tyree Kill loses his speed, if and or when that happens anytime soon, he's only twenty eight. I think that would be something that would make teams, uh, let alone his own team, adjust. But you're putting him him into a lineup that when it came to you know just overall wide receiver wise Waddle had 140 targets Mike Gesicki 112 and then after that and he was banged up a lot with only eight games started 10 games total was Devante Parker was 73 and after that you're just going through a who's who of hey can you play uh, he gets definitely pushed down the list a little bit I can't see that plus you brought in you know, Chase Edmonds, who we know is a pass catching threat, and and a lot of his work last year for Waddle was underneath. I mean, you know, he, he didn't even average 10 yards of reception. He was just under 9.8. Touchdowns were quite there. He could be more, I, I think he's going to benefit people more in the red zone, things of, of that nature. But at the end of the day, yes, he still finished with 1,000 yards, and I, I don't think he's bad. It, it's going to be interesting to see how that team really runs that offense again. And you're bringing a coach that has that. You know, offensive uh, young guru. You hear all those terms, and you, everybody saw what happened with Debo Samuel last year. And you're thinking now, if, if Waddle gets used like that, yeah, Waddle might be a top three wide receiver. But are the chances there? I don't know. Uh, and it, and again, quarterback play. Everybody's saying too, it looks awesome. We'll see. I, I just think the Hill big time cuts into him. Brought in some other skill position players to kind of offset that load. But if you're going to spread the wealth that much on offense, it could be. A very treble offense where a lot of guys are really good, but nobody is that monster standout. Again, of all the wide receivers, it to me it's gonna be Tyreek Hill ten times out of ten. All
1: right, let's move on to DJ Moore. He's coming off the board as the eighteenth wide receiver. I have him ranked at 17. You have him at twenty-five. So again, you spoke on him a little bit when we were talking about McCourin. I know just from you know, knowing you that you are not the biggest Baker Mayfield fan, I know that the Mayfield signing or trade, I should say, did not um, move the needle for you on DJ Moore at all. Did you did you have him a little bit lower in your rankings and move him up to twenty five, or has he just been at twenty five and you are just like I don't really care who the starter is? I know what I am getting from DJ Moore.
0: It's it, he just doesn't do anything for me. I think he gets overdrafted a little bit because people are expecting a, a next level. Like last year, the guy had a great season. Uh, he almost had a hundred receptions, a little over 1100 yards. Uh, the touchdowns quite have never been there. And I mean, obviously we know for parts of his career and parts that are not anything under his control, you know, you have a certain running back down there who is considered the uh, end all be all of the offense. He's a guy that if, I was forced by value to take, I would take him. And knowing that you just went from either having maybe Sam Darnold to, yeah, to Baker Mayfield again, who I'm not big on. Maybe it was Cleveland with him. I just don't see it. I I just feel like he doesn't have that, that pop, that, that ability as, as a quarterback. But I mean, when you look at, I mean, when you're looking at guys like, again, DJ Moore, he he gets a little bit uh, of target action, not enough to really make you happy. Like in the red zone, he makes plays. I, I don't think he's a bad football player. It's just he's just not my guy. Like any and he would never be my guy. Like I I would take him again. I am twenty fifth. So if it came around to me and I'm looking at him, do I take him over Cortland Sutton? Yes, yes I do. And the reason being because I do know he is their wide receiver one. Yeah, Carolina just traded for Lavisca Chanel. Like. I, that doesn't scare me at all. You know, a healthy McCaffrey getting a hundred targets out of the backfield, that's something that maybe scares you. They don't have a lot of, of killers on that offense when it comes to um, you know, the tight end position is like, eh, um, they, they just don't really seem to to have a lot of uh, a lot of action. Or maybe Robbie Anderson finally breaks out, maybe Terrence Marshall kind of shows that you are just that much better, you know, than, than what you are. I I don't know. But to me, it's like, Hey, he's he's a good player, but I, I just don't, it doesn't move the needle for me. Uh, I I don't hate him. I wouldn't, you know, again, if it it was round six and for some reason, he's still there. Do I probably take him? Yeah. At that point I would take him, but I'm not, I'm not going out of my way to go. I, I feel I won my draft because I got DJ Moore.
1: All right. So let's move on to Cortland Sutton. I have him ranked all the way up at fifteen. You have him at twenty-six. He's currently going right in between there at uh, the wide receiver twenty. So, again, one of those guys who I'm high on, you're low on, but the consensus has him, you know, basically exactly where he's going in drafts. And I guess I'll I'll, t- I'll take the lead on this one since you just talked about uh, you know all those other guys. So for me, Sutton finished as the wide receiver forty-six last year, and currently he's going as the wide receiver twenty. That is the biggest jump in assumed production of any <laughs> wide receiver in the league that played, you yeah. know, not, that's, you know, not injury. Like a guys that played like, you know, 16 or 17 games last year. I personally believe that the hype is real with the Broncos offense. You saw what the Rams did last year by bringing in Matthew Stafford to an already solid team. I think the Broncos are in the same exact boat this season. Now I'm not saying that Sutton is going to be like Cooper cup or anything like that. He's not going to finish as the wide receiver one overall, But, I mean, I also don't think that that's completely out of the question. I mean, he's got the ability to do so, and now he's playing with the best quarterback that he's ever had in his career. Again, there are some people out there, I think, including yourself, who don't think that Russell Wilson is that guy necessarily. But even if he's not the wide receiver one overall, Sutton, he's going to be the DK Metcalf role in this offense. So from what Russell Wilson's used to, he's more – of a DK Metcalf. He's big, he's fast, he can win 50, 50 balls, and he's just the most talented wide receiver on his team. All respect to Jerry Judy. Sutton is a guy that oozing with physical ability. And Tim Patrick's recent injury only means that there are more targets to go around for everyone on the team, including Sutton, including Judy, but uh, you know, definitely Sutton should get a few of those. I think it makes more sense to draft Sutton where Metcalf was going last year, which was up around the wide receiver seven, than where he's going at wide receiver twenty. I'm kind of splitting the difference and putting him at fifteen, but he is definitely a guy of the I've done one live draft already. I've done a couple of online, you know, drafts. And he's a guy that I think I have on every team that I've drafted so far. And he's a guy that I'm targeting in every draft. Because to me, if you look at what Cooper Cup was last year, a guy who was talented, had put up you know, a decent season and then got a massive upgrade at quarterback. That's the kind of thing that it takes to jump from, you know, where Cortland Sutton was to where Cooper Cup finished the, the year last season. Again, I'm not saying he's the wide receiver one overall, like to lock this in, like that's where I have him ranked. There's obviously some wiggle room built into where I have him ranked, but I may even have to move him up more because when I'm looking at my rankings and there's guys that have been available to me in drafts that I just I'll take Sutton over, you know, guys like Deontay Johnson. Uh, no, thanks. Like give me Cortland Sutton in that every single time. That's just the way I, I just feel like he's going to have a huge, like he's, if we had like our, our, like a, like a, you know, like a stamp, like this is the guy that, you know, I'm, I'm planning my flag on this year. It would be Cortland Sutton. That's how much I believe in him.
0: Well,
1: I, Yeah. uh, (laughs) uh, All right. You're convinced. Let's move on now.
0: (laughs) No, 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 no. I, I I honestly, I, I, I think I kind of lean, I lean Judy more in that offense. And then there's
1: plenty of people that do. That's completely reasonable. I, I get it.
0: Well, my thing is this too. Like, Okay. Last year. And again, I know there were some questionable quarterback it, it play things with, you know, had, Teddy Bridgewater was the best guy they had. Drew Locke played there, you know, and obviously he's no longer there. He's now in Seattle. Denver was a, you know, an okay football team. They weren't anything special. They weren't going to make the playoffs. You know, the coach was uh a goner you had you had all that stuff like so you have nathaniel hackett who basically denver brought in in the hopes they could get aaron Rodgers. he didn't want to go there they got russell wilson he looks like he's kind of just going through the motions and wants to cement his legacy and and things like that there I, i'm not a big russ fan um i know some people you know die, live and die by him and, and that's cool again if you're giving me the two the two to pick from i i feel like to me judy is going to definitely be the better play there Now, do both have a chance to be, you know, yeah, 1,000-yard receivers, yada, yada, absolutely. Judy didn't, you know, he didn't – he had some injury issues, different things like that. But I think for, like, a smaller sample size and and things like that, he's he's not bad. I mean, the fact – like, last year, I just – I'm looking at one thing, and, and again, this could be the quarterback play, and it doesn't go into a ton of stuff. But he was targeted 98 times, and he only caught 58 passes. Now, he did catch them for – over 13 yards of catch, touchdowns weren't there. He was barely used in the red zone and his catch percentage was under 60%. Uh, Little things like that, I mean, you would hope that, again, maybe that was just him looking at the quarterback play and maybe nailing stuff in, I don't know. I'm not there for every business decision a wide receiver makes. But at the end of the day, I think he's talented, yes. Is he gonna probably be a, a top 25 wide receiver? Probably. I'm interested to see, too, how much the the dynamic duo at the running backs plays into that offense, too. New quarterback, new coach could be beneficial to him, sure. Um, He is just one season removed from an ACL tear, so you just want to make sure that everything's on the up and up. And last year wasn't just – last year could have just been him getting his feet back under him, literally. Uh, And then to maybe turn around and come out this year, does he have top 10 potential? Absolutely. I don't think there's any doubt. Um, I think it all goes through the quarterback, but I just kind of lean Judy a little bit more on that level because I think he's more explosive. Where Sutton could be a little more of, uh, and it could work out this way. I mean, if you're looking at the two wide receivers, you say, "Well, Judy is Lockett, Sutton is DK Metcalf." Then it's a whole different story. If it's if that's the offense and that's the way it's being run, then you know, yeah, we're both probably wrong. And you're talking about maybe two top ten wide receivers, but at the end of the day, I, I would, again, Sutton's in that DJ Moore role, like. If he's there and it's worth it, yeah, I would take him. But I'm not going out of my way to get him. I, and like you said, you're you're higher on him, so you might even be trying to jump around to get him and, and be more satisfied with that pick. More power to you. I'm not jumping for Judy either because I think they're going to cannibalize themselves a little bit with targets. And then after them, yes, Tim Patrick goes out. You got some some camp darlings that are going to get factored in there. The tight end position is always a threat to snipe some Touchdowns and, and and vulture you there stuff like that, but nah, at the end of the day, I, I I could live with Sutton. He's in my top thirty, borderline top twenty five. But no, I'm not I'm not going out of my way. And I think Judy is the the more explosive player, and I think that'll
1: that'll transition a little bit more through the season. I think you're wrong, but uh, that's uh, that's you know part of why, why we do this. I, I, I I'm interested in seeing how this goes this season. I'm I like I said, I if if you're right and Judy is the guy and Sutton sort of, you know, the, the one B role in the offense and, and Judy's kind of the guy that gets a lot of the targets, then a lot of my fantasy teams are going to suffer. So uh, I really hope I'm right on this one (laughs) because I have been drafting Sutton everywhere. So, you know, I think we probably beat this horse uh, as dead as it's going to get. So ironically, (laughs) he's a
0: Bronco. There you go. (laughs) No. And again, he, maybe it's just that too, that he's a, you know, he's got a very deep, like average depth of target. Like he, he's catching borderline, like almost like a tight end would like where he's going about 15 yards downfield, turning, making the catch, not getting a lot of yak uh, after the play, no touchdowns. If that goes up, if he gets into double digit touchdowns, which maybe regression and progression kind of leans you in that direction, then Pat, you might be winning a lot of leagues, pal.
1: <laughs> That's the goal, isn't it?
0: Uh, oh, I have no idea. Oh, wait. Yeah. <laughs>
1: All right, so let's get let's go ahead and move on to our next guy. I d I don't wanna um I don't wanna run out of time before we get to probably you're gonna be your fav- favorite guy to talk about on this uh on this show. Uh so the last wide receiver that we are, you know, more than uh and than a few spots off on in our top thirty is Amon Ross St. brown. He's currently going as the wide receiver twenty eight. I have him a little bit lower at thirty two. You have him all the way up at twenty two. It's definitely
0: like probably honeymoon effect. I think more than anything where, you know, you got to pretty much like around your trade deadlines, you're about two thirds of the way through your season last year. And you're like, Man, I got to make a move. I, I need something to help get me over the hump or, or to, you know, just pull away from the rest of the pack. And if you picked this guy up in fantasy, he won a lot of leagues for people just looking at some of like the, the, the concepts overall from week 13 and this was, you know, everybody's oh, always, well, it was the injuries. It was DeAndre Swift went down and Hawkinson went down and they really didn't have anybody established as a true wide receiver one from week 13, 10 catches, 12 targets, 86 yards and a touchdown, uh, eight catches on 12 targets, no touchdowns, huh? eight on 11, nine on 11, eight on 11, eight on 10, four touchdowns to finish out the season. This guy was putting up 25, 30 points a game like it was nothing. He had, you know, receiving yardage, nothing was under 70 yards. He had two games of 90-plus. He had two games of 100. 111 topped him out. Watching what he did at the end of the season, and, you know, he had a lot of, he had a little bit of hype coming out of USC, and I think the team he was playing on had a big factor to do with it. Sure, if you're one of the only games in town, but – you did have a, you know, again, I always joke and call him a mannequin, but he, Jared Goff is still, you know, he's a quarterback that was in a Super Bowl, so he must be doing a little bit of something, right? Um, they may be looking to move on from him and just using him as a placeholder, but to watch what he did, and I think I have him at 22 in our rankings, and I feel like I could be a little bit too low on him. I know they went out and got DJ Chark, do, 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 and <laughs> beyond that, you know, I'm, I'm not big on Hawkinson because of the injury stuff, and I know he gets banged up a lot. Um, again, when healthy, one of the better tight ends, probably a top six or seven in the league, but that always holds me back from him. DeAndre Swift, I think everybody's waiting for that, hey, if he stays fully healthy, he's got that dual threat potential, so on and so forth. But when you look at the, the level of competition that Amon Ross St. Brown has, again, you're talking DJ Shark, uh, you're talking Josh Reynolds, who's a capable wide receiver, Khalif Raymond, who showed a glimpse here or there, Quintus Cephas, like you don't have a lot on that roster. Um, Now I have not watched, all kidding aside, I have not watched Hard Knocks this season. I know the Lions are up there. Uh, Dan Campbell is, you know, probably could just make me want to jump out of a building uh, and and think that I could do it because he's just such a strong believer and motivator of his team and and little things like that do go a long way. I, I feel that, this player on this team is is one of those guys that, uh, just like last year, I think he's got the potential to be. I think he's got the potential to be a top fifteen if he, if if he's used as much as he was. Was it just a stopgap because of injuries? Was it because of Swift and Hawkinson and they just didn't? The did teams not know the game plan for him. There's there's definitely a bunch of factors that could play into that. Like he didn't go up against world beater defenses. Uh, his week 18 was against Green Bay, who was already mailing it in. So you might look at things like that. Absolutely. But at the end of the day, I, I think that he's definitely got that it factor that that a lot of these other guys, like for me, didn't have, that don't have. So if you want to know why, again, I'm, I'm going to take a guy, and again, I have him at 22. For me, I could move him up. A little bit more after watching some of the preseason stuff. For me, is he borderline top 15? Yeah. You know, I, I have the ability to keep him as a keeper in our home league of record. And, you know, I've, right away at the end of last season, I you know, I had him penciled in like in, in stone, so to speak. But, uh, you know, I, and a few things have shaken out through the season. But it's like, my God, like, I, I don't think you, know, you do see some flashes in the pan, but he doesn't strike me as that kind of guy. He strikes me as this guy that wants to be this, alpha wide receiver and and plays the game the right way. I'll, I'll use all the terms, but at the end of the day, I would see him as having that potential. I don't see anybody really cutting into him that hard. Uh, and I think when what that team looks at at him from what he did at the end of the season, they go, we got to get this guy to football. Like, and they did. And now going into this season, it's going to be interesting. Is he going to be able to break double teams, press coverages, coverages roll to his side of the field? Are they going to take away Basically, from him and force Goff or whoever to to go a different route. Is the running game going to be utilized a little bit more? Yeah, there's a lot of ifs. You know, we'll, we'll see Week One against the Philadelphia Eagles how things start to shake out. But now, at the end of the day, I, I think to have them outside the top 25, even to 32, is a little you know a little interesting. And I know, like again, you have guys ranked different. Uh, again, we're not going to pick the scab that is Michael Thomas. I don't have him ranked, and that's just for. When he starts playing football again, I'll see it maybe. I, I think he's a little banged up right now, but you have him past like Gabe Davis, Elijah Moore, bordering on like, you know, Drake London and, and Traylon Burks. And it's, do you not see him as a capable NFL wide receiver one?
1: So it's not that I don't. And, and you know, Hard Knocks has kind of given me a different perspective <laughs> on him just because I do You're see the, hungry, the, you
0: want some kneecaps? <laughs>
1: Yes, I do see the determination on that kid uh, in his soul, and, and that does make me feel like I could be a little bit too low on him. I think the big thing with me is, you know, and you talked about it already, and I'm not going to, you know, again, we're not going to sit here and beat a dead horse, uh, even though we've already done that once. But, I mean, in the games where he killed it last year, he was a top 10 wide receiver uh, five out of the last six weeks of the season. So in each of those games, he had double-digit targets. He didn't have double-digit targets prior to that Week 13 game against Minnesota at Mm -hmm. all the entire season. And those were games that DeAndre Swift and TJ Hawkinson were both playing and healthy and averaging, both of them, roughly seven targets per game. So, you know, some of the targets that that he saw were just, you know, vacated targets from other people, which, you know, again – so maybe that's what he needed to to prove, you know, to his teammates, to, to Jared Goff, to the coaching staff that, you know, he is the guy, and he and he is the number one, and and they should be targeting him, and maybe that carries over. But in each of those games, he finished in the top ten. He scored a touchdown in every single one of those games. In every other game that he played last season, where he did not score a touchdown, he didn't finish inside of the wide receiver thirty. So, to me, that kind of seems a little bit. Boom busty. Uh, as far as you know, if he scores, he's great. If he doesn't score, you know he's not really doing a whole lot for you. I mean, he only had, other than week thirteen, he only had double-digit points twice in for throughout the rest of the season in half PPR, and that was weeks four and five where he scored ten points on the dot. So even even when those games where he was averaging in weeks four and five, he was average. He had eight targets per game. He still was only able to get you 10 fantasy points. Now, again, I understand that, you know, things are going to be different this year. uh, You know, we can't just just look at last year and and try to project into this year. But I don't think that, you know, him coming out and showing that, you know, he can be relied on as the number one in times of need necessarily guarantees him of seeing, you know, 12, I think the last uh, five, six games of the season... Yeah, he had 10 or more targets in every single game. I don't see that moving forward as being the case. And I think if Hawkinson and Swift stay healthy, and if DJ Chark does add anything to this offense, there has to be some sort of give and take. And because Amon Ross St. Brown was such a big piece of, of that pie at the end of the year last year, I feel like that's the only place to take from I probably am a little bit too low on him as a wide receiver 32. Um, He's another one of those guys that is a boom bust guy. You're absolutely right. He could continue on the pace that he was on the last six games of last year, or he could, you know, sort of fall back into what we saw in the first half of last year. I don't necessarily think that that's going to be the case where he doesn't score double digit points. Uh, I think you're probably going to have yourself uh, a guy who, again, probably averages around 12 to 13 points a, a game. But you do see, you know, a couple times uh, a year where he has, he's going to have these big blowout games where he has a touchdown. He has two touchdowns. You know, he, maybe he takes a, a play deep or whatever. But for me to, you know, take him inside, like as a wide receiver, too, I don't think that, uh, I, I just don't think that I'm going to be happy with that type of, of boom bust as, as my wide receiver too. I'll take him, you know, maybe I should move him up somewhere to like maybe where he's going at ADP wide receiver 28. I could see moving him up a few spots. It's just a matter of, I'm not, he's going to be a flex guy for me, not necessarily a uh, a guy that I'm, I'm confident with or or confident in to be my number two wide receiver, which, you know, up at, you know, twenty-two. Where you have him is sort of what you're saying is like, hey, I'm comfortable with him as a back end wide receiver two on the season. So I think we're just a, a maybe a not off as far as we were in the beginning of the season. I am starting to to rise on him a little bit, but you know, as far as what he did at the end of the season, being the wide receiver two over those last six weeks of the season, I, I, he's not going to be the wide receiver two over the course of a year. So I, I don't see him being that high at all. all right we shall see, we shall see. <laughs> that is the beauty of fantasy football and 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 the beauty of recording ourselves talking about it because when we're wrong man we are we, we've got it uh, we've got it all on on tape so uh, we get to we get to bask in our glories and and uh, writhing our in our defeats I guess over the over the year but I, I think that makes us a little bit more hopefully makes us a little bit more responsible in who we're picking. The fact that we're putting our name out here individually and, and collectively as a, you know, I guess as a podcast kind of helps us uh, or makes us be a little bit more conscious of, you know, our process and what we're going through to to sort of evaluate and rank these players.
0: True. Uh, you know, again, and we both have our rationale or irrationalities when it comes to things. Again, I, I tend to look at, you know, the injury history sometimes of people a little bit more and you don't, you tend to look at potential, I guess to say, you know, like where, where you see that progression, that's probably going to take somebody uh, up and over the top. And, and again, it's good that, you know, we kind of have that uh, abstract and concrete views on things, but at times use the other person's argument to, to realize that, Hey, you know, once in a while, maybe you're right. Maybe you change me on something. Again, sometimes you talk me into, Again, you know, looking a little deeper into Sutton, I, I feel like maybe I have him a tiny bit too low, but you know, at the end of the day, um, uh, we agree to disagree and and we'll be moving on to part two before you know it, folks.
1: Yeah, that's I think that's the beauty of fantasy football is the fact that you know you you kind of have your convictions on guys and, and even even people who don't talk to each other like, you know, on a podcast or whatever, like it, you know, just your just your normal everyday, you know, the guys that are in our league, for example, like I'm sure that they probably talk to each other about fantasy football leading up to the season. They, de- they definitely talk, you know, the day of the draft, we're talking about fantasy football all day long. And then we draft and we still have conversations and everybody sort of has their own opinion and, and sort of sees things going a certain way. And, and, uh, it's fun to, you know, sort of make fun of somebody else's pick. And then, you know, those people who, who, you know, really feel, uh, you know, scorned by those, those, uh, uh, you know, people picking on them or whatever. They they are always sure to come back at you. Uh, you know, once that player has a couple of good games together, uh, like in a row, and then they're they're you know throwing it in your face, like, "Oh, I told you he was going to be awesome." You know what I mean? So yeah, it's uh it's fun. It's, it's it's part of the you know you know the kind of the the talk of the fantasy football and, and sort of you know busting your uh, your league mate stones. Some oh, no, the,
0: the smack talking is, yeah, it, it's 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 almost half of the reason you do it just because, yeah, at the end of the year, like, again, our draft is coming up this weekend, uh, you know, and you uh, you and and Melissa and your family are always gracious host of all of us maniacs for, uh, you know, the sake of a day. And, and we appreciate it. But it really is getting together with people or, or for some that don't maybe you don't get together and you're just banging them out online with a bunch of people. That's good too, but yeah, as long as you keep that banter and it's friendly and respectful, you know, to each other, uh, you know, whether or not you get a, get somebody swindled on a trade is one thing. Uh, you might burn somebody's bridge that way, but overall, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun trying to figure out who knows more and getting lucky. And again, yeah, you know, being able to to turn around and have a, a championship trophy or a belt or or something at the end of the season uh, to to show everybody that you knew a little bit better is. Is always a, a good thing to have, and and for those out there that haven't yet gotten to that level, hopefully we'll give you the info to to get you over the hump. Again, like in our league, Pat, I think what uh, you you're a one of four, and out of everybody, only one of your brothers, uh, Jaybird, we call him, right? I don't think he's won in our league yet. I'm kind of surprised.
1: Yeah, I think he. Uh, I don't know if he has or not. I'd have to look. I know that he was in the championship this year. It was actually both my brothers in the championship this this past season. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Jay lost to Mark and uh, Cooper Cup, I should say. And uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, mostly everybody lost to Cooper Cup. Currently. Yeah, yeah. That Mark uh, Mark killed it last year with Cup. So yeah, I, I want to. I, yeah, I want to say Jay has not won our league or, or that league. I know yeah. the other league that I'm in with him that is a lot of the same guys that that are in in our league of record. Jay has won that league once, um, and been to the championship game a few times. So he's he's always right on the edge, and and Jay definitely knows what he's talking about. I think, you know, as he's uh, getting a little bit older and having more kids and getting a little bit more responsible, I don't think he he makes as much time for fantasy football as he used to. So it's a little bit a little bit difficult, uh, you know, for him to to kind of stay up with some of the guys like you know like you and I who you know think about it and talk about it nonstop, which is kind of ridiculous for grown men to do this, but uh, that's what we do. So, <laughs> Just because you're grown up doesn't mean you're mature, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> that is absolutely true. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, before we go, let me uh, just real quick. Uh, if you want to follow us on social media, we are both on Twitter at The9Route1 and at Scott from Delco. Please go on and check out our website. We've added uh, a couple new articles, uh, added some, content for our sponsors over at Mickey's. So check that out. It's got a, there's actually a link to a contact sheet. If you're looking to do your draft at Mickey's, you can contact them right through our website, which is www.theninerouteffb.com. Also one more time, don't forget about that signed Darius Slay jersey that we're giving away. All you have to do is follow and review the show. Send us screenshots of both the follow and the review with your full name to the nine route ffb at gmail.com get entered in that contest today we are going to be picking the winner soon so please do not miss out on that contest it is open to everybody so if you are listening to this in canada or wherever we will ship it to you we'll pay the extra cost to ship you the jersey just just get yourself in and get get yourself entered anything you got before we uh before we head out uh no i think that pretty much does it you know folks again we
0: appreciate your listening and supporting us uh again uh jump into that jersey contest again we have that darius Slay autographed jersey uh again check in with us for that we we definitely want to look to do that giveaway and, and move on to a couple more maybe through the season and again we just appreciate everybody listening to us uh mickey's as always appreciate your help with everything and uh we'll see you in the next one folks
1: peace